0: Hello, and welcome to episode 103 of the Colby Cast, your place for community and conversation about pop culture and storytelling. Uh, Caleb, Luke, I have a question for you to start our our episode here today, and I wanted to know if you guys remember, I I know you do, but really I just wanted to share this with you guys. Do you guys remember when I would wake you guys up in the morning during elementary school time? And by Caleb's face, I can already see he knows what I'm about to do. Yes. And I know. would sing. We know.
1: <gasps> yes. Get up up, no, up, oh, oh, yes. up, up, up. Oh, whoa.
0: Up, up, up. Oh, whoa. You remember that? You love it, right? <laughs> Both of you are looking at me like you hate me right now. My I want to know how you're going to try to. Yeah.
2: Well, oh, what? What's the segue?
0: No, there's no segue. I just, wanted to, I just wanted to sing that song. It's been in my head all morning. And now it's in your guys' head. And it's in all of our listeners' heads, so get up, up, up. Oh you I don't it, like feel like I got thing. to it is a good thing. I don't feel like I got to sing the whole thing though, so it's still stuck. Yeah, and you're no, not no, no, going you're to you're fine. You're not fine. allowed. Not nope. allowed to do it. Nope. You're you're you guys are making an executive decision and <laughs> and not letting me sing a song I wanna sing. Yep. Do you guys know what song that what movie that was from? Because it was in a movie and I didn't even know this until I was looking into it. It was in Inspector Gadget 2, which came out in 2003. Did you know that?
2: I didn't know there was another Inspector Gadget. So you have not seen that. Caleb, have you ever seen that movie? I can't get
1: over the fact that you wanted to start an episode by pissing us off.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a really bold move. You're telling me that that doesn't have good memories for you when I would Hell go no. into the room at no. f- like seven in the morning and oh, probably earlier than that. Oh, and, and turn
1: on lights and sing as we're trying to be growing boys and, and
0: sleep. Just give it 10 years and you guys will look fondly back.
1: At, oh, and at then that, sometimes you moments. would go and sing it louder and then flicker the lights and take off our blankets. And That's such I've good kept, memories.
0: That was only when you guys wouldn't get out of bed.
1: That was when when did I ever get out of bed? I feel like Luke was the only one that actually listened.
2: <laughs> see <laughs> the thing point. was a pin could have dropped, and I would have woken up. You didn't have to go do all that,
0: but <laughs> you all you had to do was get out of bed, but you wouldn't, so it would take me to i would it would take drastic measures to get you out um
2: anyways, now that my mood is ruined, what are we
0: talking about <laughs> let me let me actually and make you guys feel better because inspector gadget two came out in 2003 and there was a person by the name of French Stewart that played inspector gadget. If it weren't for the wonderful thing that we call Google, I wouldn't know who French Stewart is, but you guys do know who French Stewart is. And he played Harry on third rock from the sun. Now I know Caleb, you've, have you both watched third rock from the sun?
2: I I have not loved that show.
0: Okay, so I knew one of you guys watched it. Third Rock from the Sun, Caleb, you should check it. It's, it's a hilarious show. So Inspector Gadget was Harry, who was on Third Rock from the Sun, and he was the guy that would always talk with little squinty eyes, and he was really always talking, really weird and funny. That show was hilarious. It has uh, Barney's dad, John Lithgow, and um, I think it's pronounced Lithgow. And also, uh, what's his name? He was in The Dark Knight Rises, um, Joseph Gordon... Levitt when he was a little kid. So yeah, uh, that's just a fun fact. We're just throwing things out here. uh, Third Rock from the Sun. So here we're going to get to the topic of the show. So you guys ready to uh, talk about Mandalorian Chapter 25? No. What? Anyways. (laughs) 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 I'm just so used to talking about Star Wars. We've been talking about Star Wars since January. And this is the first episode where there isn't some kind of new Star Wars to uh, talk about. Don't um, worry,
1: you'll you'll find a way to make it about Star Wars.
0: Well, May the Fourth is coming up in a matter of days, and Star Wars: Visions drops uh, the entire all the episodes. So if there if we wanted to talk about Star Wars, there will be new material to talk about. No guarantees, though. This is not just a Star Wars podcast. I don't have enough focus to be able to make it a just Star Wars podcast. So, uh, funny funny story though about um, <laughs> sort of about Chapter Twenty Five. Of the Mandalorian, which has not been filmed or released, uh, you know our good friend Simbot Deftradarian. It's always fun when we yeah, can talk that about that guy. Uh, he told me the other day that he got trolled hardcore by a clickbait article, which was titled something like uh, "Why Episode Nine of Season Three of the Mandalorian is not on Disney Plus." So he wasn't putting it all together. Like, what do you, why wouldn't that be on Disney Plus? So he clicked the article, and it basically said, "Because it doesn't exist, it hasn't been filmed yet, <laughs> it's not out." <laughs> so that was yeah clickbait you gotta love clickbait no but for real for real now we are going to talk about our mount rushmore of summer movies because according to the calendar and science summer starts on june 21st of this year but summer movie season actually really starts this week because guardians of the galaxy comes out in just a few days And I sort of look at that as like the kickoff of summer movie season. Um, Do you guys even really have, do you guys relate to a summer movie season or was that a concept that was swallowed up before you guys, like after I grew up, do you guys have any kind of um, a a relationship with summer movies as a concept? Not really. Yeah, me neither.
1: I, uh, yeah, <laughs> not at all.
2: Well, there's a, I, think I think there's a reason movies, for that.
0: Huh?
1: I think I think big movies just sort of started to come out during summer because people just wanted to get out of the heat, type of thing. Yeah. And that's maybe my association with it, but in my brain, there's not like a a quote su- summer
0: movies category. So when I was growing up, they were almost like movies had the, you know you had your summer blockbusters. Uh, You had more like serious movies coming out, maybe some family animation movies in the fall leading up to like Thanksgiving weekend. Then you had your awards season where like early in the year, maybe not movies that were made to make a ton of money, but they were more geared towards winning awards like Academy Awards and whatnot that came out, you know, first part of the year. And then, you know, like February, March, April were just sort of dead. And then once May came around, you started getting your summer blockbusters again. And that really kicked off, was kicked off by Jaws in 1975. Because that was like the very first movie that was released in summer. And it just made gobs of money. Um, Caleb, to your point, like people would get out of the heat. School was ending. People would find refuge in dark theaters. And Jaws was really the one that, came, that started off that kick. And then you saw... You know, 77 was Star Wars and then, of course, 80 again Star Wars and more summer blockbusters started to come out through the 80s. Um, but I think the reason that you guys don't really relate much to that concept is because of Marvel, to be honest. Once Marvel started releasing three movies a year, you know, you had Black Panther was released. I think it was in February. Um, you know, you've got, yes, Wakanda Forever. You've got... um Marvel movies being released. I think the Thor movies released in the fall, so you all of a sudden had these, quote unquote, stereotypical summer blockbuster superhero movies coming out any time of year. So the the concept of a summer movie sort of went away. But I think this summer coming up re, sort of looks more like a traditional summer movie blockbuster than many many years uh, in the past. You know, I already mentioned Guardians of the Galaxy three uh a fast and furious movie is coming out i don't know don't ask me which number because they're all they're all it's, it's all confusing to me is it 10 or is it x
2: same thing okay
0: little mermaid is coming out that's going to be big we've got a uh spider-verse coming movie coming out across the spider-verse transformers is coming out we've got a pixar movie coming out the flash is coming out indiana jones dial of destiny mission impossible barbie oppenheimer all these i think are big movies and i think for the first time in a few years especially because of the pandemic they're all it's it's looking like a traditional summer blockbuster type of movie that i grew up with so that's what made me think of let's do a mount rushmore of summer movies and i think it was more difficult for you guys than it was for me to do Uh, so i appreciate the hard work and uh, i I know you guys are going to come through uh, our only rule, the only rule that I came up with was that, a, a movie, a movie to be on your Mount Rushmore for this list had to come out between April and August because nowadays April really is like, you've got Marvel movies you would release in April. So I think that to me sort of kicks it off. Um, yeah. So April to August is really the only thing I put a couple extra rules on myself that I'll get to in a minute, but I wanted to ask you guys, um, or actually more, more than, more than ask you guys, just let you know. For some reason, Christmas movies jumped into my head uh, when, I was hot, when I was making up my list because when I, was growing, when I was growing up, people that now call Christmas movies like Die Hard, these movies were coming out in the summertime, and I wanted to share some fun facts with you. I already mentioned it. Die Hard came out in the summertime. Um, do you guys think Gremlins is a Christmas movie? Yeah, it is. It is? Caleb, what do you yeah. think? you think Gremlins is a Christmas movie? I don't think
1: my consciousness was loaded into my body when I saw it, so I couldn't tell you. I don't think I can remember most of it.
0: Well, we're going to go with Luke. He thinks it's a Christmas movie. That came out in the summertime as well. Um, Batman Returns. Would you guys call that a Christmas movie? With Catwoman and the Penguin. It takes place during Christmas time. Yeah, yeah. That was a summer blockbuster. came out in June. And the most fun fact that I came across while I was putting this thing together Miracle on 34th Street, the original black and white, that is like the prototypical Christmas movie. Would you agree? Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
2: I'm easy going, man. I'll call anything a Christmas movie. The no, original
0: just... <laughs> release date for the Mir- Miracle on 34th Street was June 4th, 1947. So that would technically qualify for our mount rushmore of christmas movies. miracle on 34th street if you, list,
1: if you list christmas movies in your summer
0: movies i'm just going to retire spoiler alert all of my list are christmas movies no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> i just gave you my list miracle on 34th street batman returns gremlins and Die Hard. <laughs> mount rushmore of summer blockbusters all right thanks for listening guys yep see ya um yeah so anyway I just thought that was sort of fun. You know there were other Christmas movies that were that were released in like August and September that I don't I didn't write down but uh interesting interesting thing in my opinion. All right so let's get to it. Um Mount Rushmore of Christmas uh, of <laughs> Christmas. with uh, actually we did an episode of that so go check it out. It's a very fun uh, episode. Mount Rushmore not necessarily something that is our absolute favorite to our fourth favorite but we're going to give you guys four movies that that we want to mention doesn't necessarily mean it's a list of one through four. You guys are familiar with the concept. This is not new for us. We've done it a few times. So I wanted to tell you guys what is not on my list first and foremost. And these, none of these movies will appear on my list. And I did this on purpose. There are no star Wars movies because if there were, it would, my list would literally be return of the Jedi and the prequels because they all came out in summertime. I saw them all in the theaters I didn't see Star Wars and uh, Empire Strikes Back. So that's why they wouldn't be mentioned. But yeah, so no Star Wars for me. There's no Marvel movies, even though a lot of them come out in the summer. There's no Indiana Jones movies. There's no Disney movies and there's no Pixar movies. And the reason I did that wow. to myself was because those things could have their own list. Like literally, there's so many of these movies that came out in the summertime that I'm like, no, I'm not going to put any of them on my Mount Rushmore. Uh, I'm going to go with other, uh, another direction. So did you guys do anything Congrats. like that? Thank you. Thank you. I'm I'm so happy that you're proud of
1: me. Yeah, I'm proud of you too. Made you uh, really challenge yourself.
0: I thought this list would be easy, to be quite honest. Um, But it turned out to be a lot more difficult than I first thought it was. So did you guys uh, find anything like that going through your lists? Or was it pretty straightforward for you?
2: I just went with what I wanted to pick. I didn't really put any restrictions on myself. I'm a free spirit. I do what I want. Yet, yes, you do. That's true, Caleb. Yeah, I don't. I don't follow
0: rules,
1: so I wasn't gonna add any to myself.
0: <laughs> Great. All right, so let's get into it. Let's do the Mount Washmore. Who wants to go first? Rock, paper, scissors. One, two, three. I'll go first. Luke, Rock, go for it. Rock, paper,
2: scissors. I went. <laughs> so I know you said it wasn't in any particular order. However, this one, I think it's the unanimous one. I think we can all agree that this is probably. The, not only the greatest blockbuster movie of all time, but just overall the best movie of all time. And I think if you disagree with me, you're wrong. It's airplane. It's <laughs> airplane every day. It was airplane yesterday. It's airplane today. It'll be airplane tomorrow. It's always airplane. I was really looking forward
0: to what you were going to say with that introduction, and I find myself agreeing with every word. Airplane. Yeah. I. How it was a you? part of my. Part of my um, honorable mentions. Uh, you know why you did agree with me? Because you're smart. <laughs> <laughs> Says someone who spends more m- too much time on Twitter. Uh, okay, I'm going to put you on the spot. What's your favorite quote from uh, Airplane? Which came out in 1980, by the way.
2: Ooh, that's rough. It's not rough As... thinking of one. It's rough picking one. Yeah. And... I th- I think there aren't a lot of like just one-liners. I feel like every good one-liner gets better because it adds or it's continued with another one-liner, you know? Um but I think I'm going to go with Stewardess I Speak Jive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. You know this is the, not the whole... The, you the know, this is not the first time.
0: You know, this is not the first time we've talked about airplane on the Colby Cast, right? It's not going to be think, the last either. Yeah, most likely, most likely. Um, good choice, and that's one, one heck of a way to start our off our list. And I think it's sort of interesting that a person that was er, born in the early two thousands has a movie from nineteen eighty on his list. I think that that's good parenting. If I if I may say so myself, that movie was made for me. <laughs> yeah, it has the attention span that you have. Caleb, what's on your, what's on your list?
1: <laughs> Boom, roasted. Um, I don't know where I want to start. I think I'm going to mix it up. I think for me, a summer movie is like a feel-good type of movie, and mm-hmm. this movie isn't necessarily stuck to that. I'm going to go with Up, and it's literally one of my favorite movies ever. That came Ooh, out during those times. And this is such a great story. It is so amazing. And um completely unrelated i found out that they are releasing a uh like what do they call them the the pixar shorts whatever it is yeah they're having a new one come out i think in june about carl going on a date and it's supposed to prequel like be before elementals whatever it's called
0: oh right yeah that's coming out and, in uh, this summer
1: and the short is going to be about Carl, Mr. Fredrickson, um, going out on a date, and I think that's fantastic, and I am going to buy a ticket to go watch Elementals and leave right after that's over. So,
0: Well, I would recommend that you you stick around for Elemental because it looks like an incredible movie, but I did not know that they were going to put that short before that. That's brilliant. They had done that for so many Pixar movies. I love it
1: i had no idea i have no idea still as we speak what elemental is supposed to be about but it's my boy carl so i'm yeah. i'm going
0: um you brought up pixar and and i brought it up too saying that it, i didn't put any of them on my list because there're just so many are you interested in hearing what else uh, what other pixar movies came out real quick uh in the summertime uh, sure. if you are yes. or you're not i'm going to give it to you anyway wall finding nemo and finding dory Uh, up toy story 3 inside out cars cars 2 those are all summer movies so now you know why i didn't put any pixar movies but i respect anyone that puts any on their list because that just shows that you had more dedication than i did so um not surprisingly my list is made up of old movies um because i just had a strong connection to a lot of these movies uh growing up so I'm going to go my first one, and again, in no, no specific order, just one that I loved was Terminator 2. And this came out in uh, July of 1991. And if you listen to the first episode of the Colby cast, you'll hear me talk a little bit about how a, some of the scenes in this movie were filmed around the house that I grew up in. So Nana and Papa's house that they're still in. One day we were coming home from dinner and there was just big rig trucks and movie equipment lined up and down some of the side streets around our house. And we didn't know what was going on. We found out later that it was filming Terminator 2. So there's a couple of scenes in that movie where the Terminator, Arnold Schwarzenegger, is talking to um, – what's the kid's name? My gosh, I'm blanking on the kid's name. Uh, the, the, whole, the whole point. Of John Terminator. Connor. John, thank you so much. John, John Connor. Connor. Not Sean Connery. <laughs> not John Connor. There's a, a couple scenes where the Terminator is talking to John Conner in an alley and you can see like a Carl's Jr. in the background. That's a Carl's Jr. right there by Nana and Papa's house. So to me, right off the, I, I wasn't a huge Terminator fan growing up. I, I was very young when the first one came out and it was not, it's not a children's movie, but to me that just sort of like set off like a, Oh, now I really want to see this movie because it was filmed around the house. But beyond that, the movie's fantastic. Like the special effects in that movie were unheard of. The whole liquid metal thing with the Terminator turning into different people because he was like melty metal type of thing was, you know, like Star Wars level effects it, that changed the game. Um, the music in the movie, the soundtrack was always something. It was sort of a low key. You don't think of Terminator movies having great soundtracks, but I just loved it. The The score and there's a lot of heart in that movie. Um it's not just about it's not just an action movie, but it's about a robot that's programmed to destroy learns the value of life and it has one of the most poignant endings I think of any movie at all to be honest, much less a Terminator movie. So yeah, Terminator 2, it was uh, 1991, it took the summer by storm. It was a lot of it was also filmed in the Northridge Mall. Uh so yeah, just just uh, Something that I loved uh, growing up, and, and it was a big deal for me as a, as a teenager. So, um, yeah, that's the first on my list.
1: Uh, I found out a, a couple things about Arnold Schwarzenegger and those movies. Um, I believe Arnold Schwarzenegger thought his iconic line of I'll Be Back was awful and told the writers and directors, I don't want to say that. I want to say this instead. And they said, no, trust me, really? say it. And it was stuck. Really? Yep. Fun fact number two is Arnold Schwarzenegger's iconic I'll Be Back line is not only in Terminator. It's in pretty much every like blockbuster film he's ever been in. Expendables, all those movies. He says I'll Be Back. It's just not as dramatic. And I think that's
0: very funny. <laughs> Come with me if you want to live. That's another good one too. Uh, interesting. I'm not surprised to hear about the I'll Be Back thing though because... Once it got to the point where it was like in the zeitgeist after Terminator, I could see how he would just want, you know, make a wink and a nod to it every, every movie. Luke, what's next on your list?
2: Up next on my list is a movie that I think is, uh, for me, it's probably like how you felt watching... Hmm. I know Star Wars doesn't really add up in the timeline, but I'll let let you decide. For me, Avengers Endgame, that was a blockbuster summer movie for me. That movie came out, I don't know exactly when it came out, but it was like probably a week or two before I graduated from high school. I remember we watched, (laughs) we were supposed to watch Infinity War, in school because it was toward the end of senior year and nobody did anything anymore so we all just were in the in the theater in school watching, we were going to watch a movie and our options were either Shark Tales with Will Smith or Avengers Infinity War and somehow we ended up watching Shark Tales <laughs> like, like everybody in the whole school knew that Endgame came out that night, and we were all going to go watch Endgame after, and we watched Shark Tales. But anyways, it was really cool because, you know, I had bought tickets in advance, and I went with my girlfriend and a bunch of her friends, and we ended up buying or, like, renting out the entire movie theater. So, and everybody talks about how incredible their experience was watching it because of how interactive the crowd was, and I usually don't like that. Um... I've been sort of against movies theaters for a while now, but just being around all those people and it was so loud and it was, you know, we watched it the night that it came out. So we were probably one of the first people like in the public to have gotten to see it. And it was just so cool. And the movie absolutely did not disappoint. And it's the definition of a blockbuster in my opinion.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and can I blow your mind real quick and tell you that the five year anniversary of that film just passed within a yeah. matter of a few hours. Five
2: years. Five years ago. Holy moly. You're old
1: Luke. That means you graduated high
2: school a long time ago. Old man Luke. Wait, but I graduated in 2019 and it's 2023. <laughs> I'm good at math. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: four-year anniversary i'm yeah, not going to edit go. that out either four-year yeah, anniversary go. of endgame <laughs> hold on uh, I, this I, is why i'm not a math major i don't count my thumb when i'm uh, <laughs> when i used my fingers to count that so 2019 yeah so the four-year anniversary but to answer your question late april of uh, 2019 is when it came out and i i agree with you endgame is one of the greatest theater experiences i've had in my life so that's all i really have to add to that was a game-changing movie to, to my in my opinion Good choice. That is the definition of a summer blockbuster. It's a modern summer blockbuster. Uh, Caleb, what's up on your next one? Um,
1: I'm going to pull an audible on myself because you guys don't know what my list looks like. And I'm going to say Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh, nice. I found out that, nice. that that is a summer movie. I didn't watch it when it came out. I was way too young to watch a movie like that when it came out. But watching it later in life so true. and then a lot more recently it is so incredibly funny jason seagal seagal we always don't know how to pronounce his name marshall is one of my favorite actors ever he is so hilarious and he's more than just like being an idiot he's like trying to be emotional in that movie and having the plot being like oh he recently got dumped and now the ex-girlfriend and her new lover are on this vacation at the same time he's trying to figure it all out so funny if anybody hasn't seen it which i'd be surprised if anybody hasn't i would 10 out of 10 recommend it it is so funny
0: yes and absolutely not for children as you so astutely uh pointed out but yeah that that movie is excellent um Mila, mila kunis paul rudd is in it um who plays the, the girlfriend that broke up with him? She was on the... I Her name is escaping me, but she was on The Good Place. Um, my goodness. I couldn't tell you, but she's blonde. That's all I know. Yes, the, this is true, and I'm Googling as we're talking, and I'm asking and the, Google what the cast is. The um, uh, the side characters in the, sh- in the movie are
1: honestly what makes it, because they're hilarious, too. It's not just the main cast being... Jonah like, Hill's in and- yeah, exactly. That's what I was gonna bring up. Like, so random,
0: and yeah. he's not even like a main plot person at all. Uh, Kristen Bell plays his um his girlfriend, his ex girlfriend. Russell Brand is in it. I remember him. His character is so over the top, but yeah, Paul Good call. Rudd's in it. Yeah, Paul Rudd. Yeah, yeah. That's the one with I his uh,
2: famous that movie. Mm-hmm. So much.
1: <laughs> Paul Rudd and Jason Segel are two of my favorite. Like individually, I love them. Together best duo ever they are hilarious
0: is that the one with paul rudd's famous the weather outside is weather yeah yeah that's so funny (laughs) good line i don't have any comedies on my list well one of them is funny but it's not a comedy um but that's okay good call i like that and anytime anytime we can bring up marshall erickson is a good thing and i i'm going to use this opportunity to plug his Apple TV series with Harrison Ford shrinking because we haven't talked about that, that show very much. And that is absolute fantastic first season of a show that I hope goes multiple seasons. I do know that there will be a season two of it. Uh, so yeah, um, go check that out if you have Apple TV, because that's a great,
2: great season of television. You know, despicable me. Yeah, I've heard of that. You know, the first movie, the villain vector, the guy in the orange jumpsuit. Yeah. Who steals the moon? Yeah. Jason Segal voices him. You're kidding me. No. no. Are you serious?
0: Yeah. I found
1: that out through the amazing app TikTok. And I told Luke that <laughs> and he didn't
0: believe me. And now it's a great fun fact for us to bring up. Isn't that incredible? It is incredible. That's as incredible as um, Zoe Deschanel uh, voicing Lady Glitter Sparkles and Trolls. Because unless I stayed to watch the credits, I would never know that Zoe Deschanel voices that character. And anyway, so fantastic, good, <laughs> good fun fact. I love those fun facts. All right, so fun fact for me, uh, I'm up right. My next one on my list is Jurassic Park, the original Jurassic Park. You want to talk about the definition of a summer blockbuster? Jurassic Park is it. It came out in June of 1993. Again, I'm referencing Unreal special effects. If you haven't watched um, the documentary on Disney Plus called Light Light and Magic, it's about industrial light and magic. Go check it out just to see what they say about this movie in and of itself. The history of the special effects could be an episode, so I'm not going to go on too long about it. But the only thing that is as matched in unbelievability as the special effects is the score john williams absolutely knocks it out of the park as he always does another iconic score um we watched <laughs> people in 1993 watched this movie and could not believe what they were watching they use such a great mix of practical effects and special effects that now you watch it and it's just like okay there's some dinosaurs on the screen but you have to understand the context of 1993 The only dinosaurs we would ever have seen on any kind of screen would have been stop motion animation, claymation, you know, where it looked fun, but you could clearly see like this is okay. This is whatever, but they put dinosaurs for real and nobody could tell that we weren't watching real dinosaurs. It was unreal. Caleb, did you have something you wanted to add?
1: What I think is crazy is that movie came out so long ago that you're bragging about these dinosaurs being on screen, being realistic looking. This movie came out so long ago. They should have just
0: used real dinosaurs. Oh my goodness! You you went there. You did that to me. Yep. That's why I love you. That's one of the reasons (laughs) why I love you. You guys keep me on my toes. That was good. That's rough. That was that was a good one. That was a good one. So you know what I'm gonna answer you with? Get up, up, up. Oh my god! I'm
1: leaving. Gotta go, guys.
0: Anyway, I could gush about this. A fun a fun story about it, though, is that mom and I went to Maui on our honeymoon. And uh, there's that famous uh, waterfall scene where they're first arriving to Jurassic Park in a helicopter. And there's this awesome waterfall that is like just sort of there by the helipad. And um, mom and I went to uh, Maui for our honeymoon, and we went on a helicopter ride that took us all around Maui, and that took us to that waterfall. And when they did, you could hear Jurassic Park score playing in your headphones. Uh, so it was all very well done. Uh, but yeah, so we got to see that 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 place uh, where they filmed that um, in real life. So that was a fun, really cool highlight um, of that helicopter trip. So yeah. Okay, so Jurassic Park, 1993. Luke, what's your next one?
2: The next one on mine is... I think it's on your list, Caleb, so don't take it personal, but I'm doing this intentionally. I got to go with Wally. e <laughs> WALL-E is an amazing movie, and again, I have a, a very deep connection to it because get your tissues ready because it's a really sad story. So when I was a kid during the summers, our aunt would take care of us and we had nothing to do, so all we could do was play Guitar Hero. And <laughs> poor little old me. I could never do it because I was so young. I when did Wally come out? i got to figure that out. Um, you could go ahead and Google. keep talking. One of us can Google that. So I could never beat any of them. It came out in 2008, June 2008. So that means I was six years old. And my tiny little brain and my tiny little fingers couldn't ever pass it, even on the easiest mode where all you had to do was strum. And finally, I didn't get booed (laughs) off stage, which, like, that's kind of a wild concept. Like, if you don't do well in Guitar (laughs) Hero, you get booed off the stage. Yep, That's rough. But anyways, (laughs) I finally didn't get booed off the stage. And I was so happy that I called my mom and I told her I finally did it. And she said, You know what? Good job, buddy. Because you did so well, we're going to go watch Wally. And I remember running into the living room and being like, We're going to watch Wally. And then we ended up going to watch Wally. But imagine if we didn't. Imagine if she lied.
1: <laughs> imagine if she said,
2: We're going to watch Wally. Good job, buddy. And then we didn't. That would be hilarious. T- and
1: then she took you to real guitar lessons instead. Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> you stink kid
0: that's yeah, fantastic that, yeah <laughs> so many memories you just brought up go ahead Caleb. i
1: remember that i remember it vividly because i remember sitting we had the little green sofa on the far side of the living room we had the tv in a completely different spot than it is now it was like it was smaller way smaller and i remember luke he always played video games and he couldn't sit still so it makes sense to who he is today mm. but he was standing up to play the guitar but at the same time he He was either rocking back and and forth on his feet, jumping up, up and down, up and down, up and down like a bunny, or he was just standing on his tiptoes, like doing calf raises, like the exercise, (laughs) the whole time he was playing. And then I remember we would alternate, and I remember Luke would be done because he'd be upset, frustrated, whatever it is, because he couldn't pass it. But it was never that deep to Luke because, again, it was just a game. But he would hand me the guitar, and this time, because he won, I was like, do you want to go again? And then he went, called mom, and then he immediately came back and wanted to play again. So it was hilarious. And I remember seeing the movie in person. And as you said, it was next on my list. So I will pull another Audible and pull the one I was going to remove from my list and keep it on. Um, but I remember that movie. It's so visually stunning on a TV. Seeing it, I was eight at the time, yeah. and a big screen like that, man... This is why I want to have, like, let's just get rid of the garage and make it a movie theater in there. That would
0: be so cool. Let's do that. Let's we do that. Storage. I'm Who needs storage? Yeah. Who needs there? storage? Yeah. Exactly. Just throw it away. If I could add my two cents onto Wally, not take too much time to do so because it wasn't—it's not on my list on purpose. I couldn't believe what I was watching when we were watching this movie. The first, like, I don't know how many minutes of the first movie or the first part of it don't even have any dialogue. Right, except for when he watches his little musical number. I think I can't remember what movie it's from, but whatever. Um, it's just art. That movie is art. It's like high concept art. I'm not just. Yeah. I think movies are all art anyway because you, you you create your own art. But it's high high concept. Yeah, and and then the part where they're spinning around in space when he has his little um, fire extinguisher, and Eva goes out to save Eva. him. And they do this little dance. It is <laughs> unreal. How good? I think that was on our favorite Pixar movies episode anyway. So um, Caleb, you're keeping that on your list. Did I read that right? No,
1: I'm going to let Luke keep that on his list. That'll be like my unintentional honorable mention. I'm going to go to my next uh, on the Mount Rushmore, which I'm going to say is The Goonies. That movie I have not seen in such a long time, but I remember just absolutely adoring it. Having the relationship between sloth and chunk and the kids trying to be adults in their own way and try and save the house because of the story that they're going to lose it because the the bank or whoever's going to demolish it. So they're going to literally go on a treasure hunt. And if that is not the most summer movie that you've ever heard of, then you're wrong. Like Luke says, you're you're just wrong. (laughs) Um, yeah <laughs> I think back and I still quote like certain things that happen in the movie, but it is a good movie for all ages in my opinion.
0: Uh, I think that that is one of the best movies ever and it, I'm so glad you brought that up. So we have a, a 1980s reference and then the Goonies did you say what year it came out? I, I didn't I didn't hear I what have you did. no idea um 1985 yeah so right right in my wheelhouse i'm just, just so glad you brought it up because it is it's one of the most perfect movies ever and then you put summer into it and it's even better um just ruth baby ruth i've spent <laughs> my entire life saying that since i was 10 years old so uh absolutely fantastic movie um Which leads me into mine, which I think really a lot of the same things that we just said could be said about this movie, too. And it's Back to the Future, the original Back to the Future. 1985 as well came out in July. Uh, My gosh, Back to the Future and the Goonies came out in the same summer. How how does that not qualify nineteen eighty five? one of the greatest movies, uh, years of movies ever. (laughs) Again, the story, I think, is close to perfect. You know, There's not a dull moment in that movie. The humor, the heart, the production value, the going from 1985 to 1955, everything looks so magnificent. Um, This is one of my favorite movies when you just talk about the music alone. And I'm not just talking about the score, which is magnificent. The score in this movie is so good that sometimes I would just listen to just the score, even as a kid. Uh, But then you add the music with the fifties flavor and then the 85 flavor you got Huey Lewis and the news. Very, very well represented in this, in this soundtrack. Unbelievable. Just the music alone qualifies it as one of my favorite movies ever. It's so funny. The, th- the end of the movie is so thrilling when they're trying to do, you know, they got to time, the whole lightning hitting the clock tower, right? And then everything is just going wrong doc brown is going up you know trying to you know get the that cable loose um and another fun thing that i love about this movie is that we could go for a walk right now and end up in marty mcfly's house in about
2: five minutes that's how close marty mcfly's house is to our house so on my car on the display with like the little map and everything are you referencing your
0: fancy uh, spaceship car
2: called tesla something or other yeah, not a big deal. You brought it up. You <laughs> name-dropped it, not me. You brought anyways. it up. Dad name-dropped it. Exactly. So, anyways, it shows, like, significant locations, so sometimes it'll show stuff like, um, you know, restaurants or whatever, stuff like that. And when we park at our house, you can see it, say, Marty McFly's house. On the map, right, you're talking about? On the map, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. We're giving
0: away our house location, <laughs> uh, but yeah. yeah, you look at Google Maps, right? And it, and it shows up, Mart. You see it, like you're saying, it's this little icon that says Marty McFly's house. Uh, yeah, so that's a super fun, uh, fun fact, and one of the reasons why I like it. Um, but yeah, so Back to the Future, you know, of course that spawns the second and third in the trilogy, but just such a fun and entertaining movie, like you said earlier. Um, Summertime, you just you've got a bigger open, more open schedule. You want to just go have some fun, you go to a movie theater. Back to the Future just ticked all those boxes. Uh, so yeah, just amazing, just an incredible, classic, classic movie. Very formative to my childhood. Uh, all right, so that wasn't the third one on my list. So I think this is the last one for all of our
2: list. So, Luke, take us home. So, there's a couple options, but. I would be remiss to not mention the second best movie of all time behind Airplane which is Vacation. <laughs> Vacation is one of it, it's cinematic masterpiece. It's like it's a different take of Airplane. You know, it's like it, Airplane can never be replicated, but it can definitely be spun into something else and that is vacation because it's literally a road trip it's a road trip movie and what gets more summer than a road trip movie that's true that's true
1: have you ever been on a road trip
0: um that, yeah that didn't have anything to do with hockey <laughs> no <laughs> there you go <laughs> What's it to you? Well, I'm assuming that you're talking about the Chevy Chase uh, 1983 version of Vacation and not the Ed Helm 2015. So you are talking about the 80s version of it? Yeah. I want to give a shout out to the Ed Helm Helmed. See what I did there? Vacation remake. I thought that was pretty funny. It's a solid movie. It is. It's good. And it's not necessarily a remake as much as as it is like a reboot sequel, because Ed Helm plays Rusty, the kid, from from the original Vacation movie. So I thought that that was pretty creative. And there are some literally laugh-out-loud uh, Chris Hemsworth scenes in that movie. But, you know, we're, I won't hijack it too much. But, yes, you're right. Vacation is uh, a reverent 80s humor movie that just is inappropriate but hilarious at the same time. And it was another one that, that um, I thought was very funny. And it is in the same vein as as an airplane, just sort of w- wacky zany, weird, over-the-top humor. And Chevy Chase, Chevy Chase at his best if, if you ask me for, for my two cents. So good good choice. I'm shocked that two out of your four movies came from the 80s. I didn't I did not have that on my bingo card. So bonus points for you.
2: Thanks.
0: Caleb, last on your list. Last on my list
2: and
1: definitely saving the best in my opinion for last. Saving Private Ryan. It came out in July of 1998 and it is an amazing film. It's not like I said earlier where it's like a feel good film. It has a great ending, but it's a war movie. And the cast in it is insane to me because it follows Tom Hanks who's pretty much the main character until you meet Matt Damon who's Private Ryan they're trying to save him.
2: Spoilers because no it's in
1: the name. Um but Vin Diesel's in it, Giovanni Ribisi—I don't know how to pronounce his name—uh, Brian Cranston, Nathan Fillion, uh, a young Paul Giamatti. There's all sorts of Ted Danson. There are so many amazing characters in this in this film, but none, in my opinion, better than Tom Sizemore's character. Sizemore—I don't know how to pronounce his name. It's but Sizemore. he's sort of like this, this like, almost like invincible character throughout the whole film. And he pretty much just makes it all happen. I won't tell you his fate, but that is one of the, my favorite. I thoroughly enjoy war movies. I thoroughly enjoy real-life things. I really enjoy just really well-told stories that really just make you feel like you are in that universe for however long the runtime of the movie is. And Saving Private Ryan, to me, is one of those because it to me does have that feel good thing at the end, even though there are casualties because it is a war movie.
0: I have a fun fact about that movie. You may or may not be aware of this. I've never seen it. I'm wow. glad
1: I didn't spoil it. You, we, we should go watch it
0: right now. I know. I know. I know a lot about it just because I, of the, the heights of, adulation and cinema that it thank you thank you see it doesn't have to do with numbers so i know
1: now close your dictionary and spell it
0: i'm just i i spell dictionary thesaurus is that the same thing? (laughs) yeah but i've never seen it uh i do want to see it someday i will see it but i just it is uh, so good yeah i know it's 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 dominated talk about movies like forever like if you if you bring up if you ask somebody to to like define cinema that's going to be on their it's going to be in their definition
1: Um, i'm not that guy who's like oh my god the cinematography in it is amazing it's just a great film in my opinion and i if i can enjoy it if it if i literally am like oh whoa i've been watching this movie for a while the sun was up when i started this movie and it's dark now (laughs) it's got me full in depth fully committed yeah um and that's one of those films that does that for me.
0: When that movie came out, um, it's sort of funny because you mentioned Matt Damon, and I and I yeah. said spoiler alert, right? Because when that movie came out in 1998, Matt Damon, and and you, you'll have to fact check me, but I I think that he was on the rise big time because of um, Goodwill Hunting, yeah. and I'm not sure exactly why, but people guarded the secret that Matt Damon was Private Ryan. Like it was a Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker moment. And people were saying that you got to go see this movie for all these reasons. But one of the reasons was to find out who Private Ryan was, because I don't believe he was in any of the marketing. And I think it was like a big, big reveal that people protected like a spoiler, which I am actively spoiling right now. I'm (laughs) assuming everybody listening has seen this movie except me. But yeah, it was a big deal. The coolest thing for me, like movies, do a good job of
1: setting of the scene by having flashbacks, whatever, anything like that. This movie doesn't really have that, so you just know Saving Private Ryan. That's their objective. It's literally what they work toward pretty much the whole movie. And then he's introduced, and then he changes everything. He changes everything by them cool. saving him. So he yeah. he's not in the movie at all to that point.
0: The one of, one of the one of the ones that I've liked. Uh, that I will be seeing and you're talking about, it makes me want to just go watch it right now. Um, But I can't do that until I give you the last one on my list, which the last one on my list of uh, the Mount Rushmore summer movies is E.T. Phone Home. E.T. Phone Home. To me, another one of the greatest movies ever made came out in June of 1982. This actually, fun fact, is the first movie that I vividly remember watching in a movie theater. So if anybody ever asks you, hey, what was your dad's first movie he ever saw? I know I saw other movies that came out before this in the theaters, but I don't remember it. I remember sitting in the theater watching E.T. the Extraterrestrial and being so scared during some of the times and being so afraid of the man with the keys, those jingle jangly keys, which I think is an absolute genius uh, directorial move by Steven Spielberg, because you really don't even see, you don't see his face until the end, but you just know he's there because of the keys on his belt. And I was afraid of him because I knew I felt like he, re- he represented danger to E.T. and Elliot. Um, even though I'm more closely uh, related in age to Drew Barrymore and the, and the character that she plays, Gertie, the younger sister, I really identified with Elliot Cause I was young in age. He was young in age. He was a little older than me, but I was very close in age to him. And I just really related to him. Uh, the love he had for this, this character, this alien from another planet, the bond that they had again, the music in the movie is John Williams. Absolutely. Like it's Mount Rushmore level for me of movie soundtracks, movie scores. Um, it's so emotional and so incredible. Just some of his best work. Uh, another one that is also filmed near us, Elliot's house. You could drive 10 minutes. It's up in Tahunga. The, the famous movie scene where they're riding, um, the bikes was filmed in Northridge and Porter ranch. Like we, we drive by there all the time. It's on white Oak. So just another thing that I think is super cool. As if our, our listeners couldn't find our house
1: easy enough. There's another, uh, landmark for you.
0: Well, I'm
2: sure you know that the stalkers that are out there uh, stalking us are are just... We have a rival uh, podcast that we don't know about that listens to every episode (laughs) and collects information and is circling in on our house. They're just triangulating around. (laughs) (laughs) For any
0: future stalkers, send us a pizza if you're going to stalk us, please. Pepperoni and sausage. I really am... am, uh, That works. Loving that. Um, Yeah, so you know, putting E.T. on a list of great movies is like... Oh, so original, but my God, it, it is, it's an incredible, incredible movie. And it's like putting cheese on a burger. It's like putting cheese on a burger. <laughs> um, yeah. So ET 1982, June uh, really was a formative movie for me uh, and a great storytelling. Cause like it, it, it's, it's fantastic. Like in a fantasy type of way, it's sci-fi, but at the same time, it's scary. It's got all the elements of great storytelling. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's why it's there. Um, All right. So let's wrap up with any honorable mention mentions. I have a list like 16 feet long written on post-it notes put together, like stuck together on each other. Uh, 16
1: feet tall post-it
0: notes. Maybe 18 could be 20 feet. There's that's my way of saying that there's a lot of honorable mentions. I, I narrowed it down to three. So I'll, I'll just quickly give you mine. Ghostbusters, which again was a magnificent theatrical experience. Forrest Gump, which took the movie world by storm. And Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Have any of you guys seen
2: Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Have you guys checked that movie out? It sounds familiar, but I don't think I've ever seen it.
0: Check it out. I believe it's on Disney+. Plus. It was the first movie that I remember seeing that incorporated animation with live action. And it's it's a Disney movie, and it's absolutely just so irreverent and weird. Um, I won't go into the plot too much because you know I'm just trying to give you my honorable mentions. But yeah, you should. It's it is a very entertaining movie, and a lot 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 of fun. So those are my honorable mentions amongst a lot of other that I have um, crossed off the list. So uh, what about you
2: guys? Any honorable mentions for you? My honorable mentions will be The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. Um, those two movies are two of my favorite superhero movies, and I remember going to see The Dark Knight Rises. I don't remember the first time I saw The Dark Knight, but I remember seeing The Dark Knight Rises in theaters. That was awesome. Um, Blade Runner 1982, and I think the the other Blade Runner also came out in, um, in the summer as well, and I think the Blade Runner movies are incredible, and the last honorable mention will be the Truman chill.
1: I think that I'm going to keep my honorable mentions to two words. No, three words. See my, your math skills are rubbing off on me. Dad. <laughs> three words, three words, what he said. I, I am just going to do that. That's it. <laughs> There's no, I think that's way fair. I can add more.
0: I think that's very fair because I'll tell you, um, those are excellent honorable mentions and, I must also say, Luke, that I was surprised that the Dark my, the Dark Knight movies didn't make your actual list because I I thought that they would. So a uh, way to keep me on my toes. Um, excellent. I like it. Can I just give you more of my, since uh, Caleb, you didn't have honorable mentions? No, I'm just joking. I'm just looking for <laughs> excuses. So if you're out there listening, we would love to hear what your Mount Rushmore of... Uh, summer movies are because there's just so many the difficulty in making this list was how do I not put this one on there? How do I not put this one on there? So let us know what are, what are some of your Mount Rushmore of um, of summer movies? Because, you know, I'm sure we didn't bring up some of the ones that we could have brought up. We have a lot of very smart, very articulate listeners out there. So let us know Twitter, Instagram, email, Carrier pigeon, uh, smoke signals. Let us know what your what some of your favorites are. Uh, yeah. So unless there's anything else, Caleb, Luke, anything last, any last thoughts?
1: If you're gonna send us options,
0: don't send it via anonymous note, please. <laughs> you could practically mail it to our house <laughs> with all the. <laughs> information we're giving about that. All right. But, um, you know, that's going to do it for this episode of the Colby cast for Caleb and Luke. This is Colby reminding you to eat your cereal with a fork and do your homework in the dark. You can find the Colby cast on Twitter and Instagram at the Colby cast. If you're wordy like me, you can send an email to the at at gmail.com. Please subscribe to the show and leave a review on your favorite podcast app or wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is not endorsed by anyone or anything for that matter. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Colby cast, unless otherwise indicated.
2: That'll do, donkey. That'll do.